trusting yourself is important, I think, in anything you're doing. You know, but I kind of learned you, no matter what you're doing, I, I tend to be a negative type of a person. So there's always negative thoughts in my head. And, and I've talked about that on that relay, but in other things I do in life too. So I, I really have to talk over those thoughts with these positive things, with that belief in myself to be able to get through those. And I, you know, I learned that the sooner you can do that, the easier it is to get over what you're trying to get over. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hello, Maria. Hi, Kelly. I'm thrilled to be here. Maria, I am not sure that I could be more excited for today's show. We have an Olympic legend, a four-time Olympian, Olympic champion, and the man who is solely responsible for one of the most, if not the most exciting heart-stopping moments in Olympic history when he anchored the USA's gold medal relay in 2008 to a come-from-behind victory where he chased down the and beat the current world record holder. Yes, you guessed it. It's the great Jason Lezak. We can't wait to talk with Jason, but Maria, before we bring Jason in, would you share a bit more about him? Sure, Kelly. Uh, besides being a four-time Olympian, Jason owns eight Olympic medals, is the current world record holder, and has the fastest 100 free split ever recorded. Most recently, Jason is serving as the GM of the International Swim League's Cali Condors, is a sought-after speaker, and works with many charitable causes. Jason is famous for giving back to his sport. I'm really looking forward to this as well, so without further delay, let's bring him in. Jason, welcome to Champions Mojo. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yes, Jason. Welcome. It's so great to have you here. And you are such a deep person in all your swimming career and being a four-time Olympian and a GM and a businessman and a father and a husband. And yet you are so famous for this relay. So one of the things we've talked to a ton of Olympians about is how they're you know, they kind of feel pigeonholed that they're just an Olympian, not just, but they are only an Olympian. Or this relay that you did uh, is is so historic that it kind of, I think we have to talk about that first because it's what you're most famous for. But then hopefully we'll get a little deeper on Jason Lezak. So everyone knows, I'm sure everyone listening knows exactly what that relay is meant to the U.S., to us, to Michael Phelps for his bid at eight golds. And what I am so interested to know is looking back now, 12 years later, what your your thoughts are, are on that and what that relay did for your life, what you learned, what you gained, what you, what your thoughts are now. Well, it was just another race. <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, no, there was, 
so much going into that race and obviously the disappointment in the past uh, that was the motivation behind that race. But as far as learning from that race and, and watching that race now, I mean, I still get goosebumps when I watch that race and I'm not really watching it thinking I'm swimming it, just watching it as a spectator. Um, but the learning from that, basically, you know, I trained myself to be able to compete at my highest level and I was able to accomplish that. But there was, you know, a lot of people that didn't think I should be there or they thought I should retire. But the, the one thing that I continued to do leading up to that was have that belief in myself and also continue to learn how to get better. And at 32 years old, when a lot of people would tell you in the sport of swimming, at least 12 years ago, that was too old. I wasn't listening to that. And uh, I was continuing to focus on what I'm was focused on at the time and that was me improving and helping team usa bring the gold back so there's the the obviously um you look at it as the old cliche never give up you know i could have given up plenty of times like in those four years leading up to those olympics and i could have given up in that moment so you know it was a learning looking back at it as a spectator this is what happened and you know i try to use some of these things for future what i do now I want to tell you that when um, three, three and a half years ago, I went through breast cancer, uh, breast cancer surgery, you know, a lot of scary times. And I watched your video of that relay and I'm, I'm going to choke up here. It was such an unlikely win that, that the U.S. would win, you know, um, the, you know, the French were rated above us. You, you, you dove in behind the world record holder in that event. It was just so, it was so unlikely that you guys were going to come out with the gold. And so I thought, if Jason can win that relay, I can get through breast cancer and, and go through this, these horrible surgeries and horrible treatments. And I probably watched your relay performance, I'm not kidding, 50 times over, you know, months of my diagnosis and treatment and surgery and recovery. And I, I think that it, it goes so beyond just sport of what, how you've inspired people. And so I want to ask you, like, I would imagine that you've had stories told to you like the one I just told you or calls from presidents or senators or other athletes or so can you share something that was really cool that happened because of that? Well, I mean, nothing's going to, you know, go to the, the same level as you're talking breast cancer. That's amazing. I'm glad that um, you've recovered and I'm glad that I was be able to inspire that. I mean, a lot of the stories I heard were where people were and what they were doing and, you know, what it meant to them and their families, um, you know, whether they were former swimmers or didn't know anything about swimming and about bringing joy to them and, and about bringing joy to the United States, because basically I think that's part of the reason we were able to win that race, at least for myself, it wasn't just about winning a race that we had lost. It was about winning a race that we had lost for USA that I grew up watching that team USA dominated. So for me, it was, it was a huge picture. And then to hear some of those stories about what it meant, you know, to be an American and, and watch that and, and feel the, the joy and the pride and things like that, you know, those, those are some of the great stories. And, you know, I got one of them, I heard, um, you know, there was, a <laughs> Uh, somebody who was on a JetBlue flight and they were watching it live on JetBlue and the whole airplane went crazy and you know, little, sto <laughs> little stories like that. Not quite 
the same kind of inspiration, but just hearing certain things like that over and over, you know, really made me understand how big that moment was. Oh, I love it. Yes. That I can, I could just see the jet blue plane. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I feel so grateful and fortunate that I get to thank you in person for, you know, being a bright shining moment in a, a dark time in my life. And, and I, I just like, like I said, I couldn't be more excited today. So, uh, Maria, why don't you come in here before I start bawling? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think we have to wonder, you know, as 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 I've looked at your history, and I and I looked again and again at that at that race. So you have this history of, you know, bucking authority, <laughs> and you have this history of being able to have whatever it takes to to train yourself without a coach, without a team. And I wondered if there was anything, you know, and also just kind of going in there as the older guy, and you know, people didn't think, you know, what what thread of your personality or what trait that you have and have developed has allowed you to do that, that might be, you know, a little different from other people? Well, I think I probably am one of the most competitive persons in the world and to, to always want to win and figure out what I have to do to make it, um, you know, to get to the point where I have a chance. And I think everybody needs a coach. And you, you said early on in my career, when I wasn't wanna, uh, doing what it takes, I wasn't listening to my coach. Um, you know, I wasn't ready to coach myself. And I, and I thought I was. Um, I didn't have the knowledge that I needed. And once I got older, you know, I learned so much from so many people that I took all these different things and then molded it into my own. And but what's really important is, you know, I actually took myself accountable and there was nobody there to tell me to go hard. There was no one there to tell me to finish these sets or do this. I knew that I had to do these certain things to be successful. And if I didn't do it, I wasn't going to achieve what I was setting out to achieve. So there was plenty of days when it got really hard and I felt like jumping out of the water or I felt like I didn't even want to get in on that certain day. And all I really had to do was remind myself, what was I trying to accomplish in that moment? And I jumped in that water or I finished that set and worked even harder. So I think having, having a goal is important, but being able to follow through to do what it takes to achieve that goal is even more important. And when I was younger in my career, I wasn't always willing to do that. I wasn't always willing to um, listen to what the coach had to say and, and believe in it. So I took responsibility. I believed in what I was trying to do. And then I followed through on it. I guess what I was getting at and, and pulling that thread about the, you know, not being ready to be coaches, I, I, I guess what I'm wondering is like in your, what what we might want to know or what our listeners might want to know is in your mindset, is there a, I'm going to prove them wrong kind of thing? Like I, do you have a, do you have a, an avatar out there that you're just trying to just, you know, you said you're one of the most competitive people in the world. I believe it. You know, is there an avatar when you're, you know, when you, is there something inside you that says, I got to go, I'm going after this or all those naysayers or that coach, or, you know, is there something that you're, that you use? That's no, to of... be honest with you, I was never trying to prove anybody wrong. I was trying to prove myself right. I was trying to do what, um, you know, I thought that I knew I needed to do. And as I said, when I was younger, I didn't have a clue. <laughs> I just, I thought I knew, but I didn't have a clue. And I learned so much through the course of my career through so many great coaches that I was able to pull those together and make the right formula for me. That's great. Can you give an example of a story? We love, our listeners love stories of where 
you thought you were ready, but you weren't? Well, as far as knowing what I uh, needed to do? Yes. Well, <laughs> you know, obviously, I think a lot of people know my college story of getting kicked off the team. You know, it was just at that point, um, I wasn't willing to do certain things that I being a sprinter in my mind meant sprinting and, um, you know, doing middle distance training to me wasn't sprinting and, and that wasn't going to help me in my mind. Um, looking back on it, obviously, I know that that does help and it helps finish 100 freestyle, which is a very tough endurance race as well as a sprint. You can't finish 100 with only speed. You got to be able to bring it home, too. So, um, yeah, at that, at that time, I thought I knew everything and, uh, you know, so many, so many more yardage or endurance sets or things like that wasn't going to help. Right, right. So on we we don't often talk X's and O's of swimming, but I I saw a photo of you just before you went into the turn behind the fr French swimmer and your hand as you entered the water. And I'm sure now you've coached a lot of people and you understand, you know that that this even looks a little outside the box. Your hand. All your fingers are totally spread wide open. Do you know what photo I'm talking about? No, I don't. But I mean, I've seen myself swim. I have plenty of videos and plenty of pictures. I know what I look like. So, you know, when I was little and I think, you know, you're probably in the same generation. Everyone told you that you need to close your fingers and swim. And right. it was never comfortable for me. And I didn't think it was the right way to do it if it wasn't comfortable. So the course of my career, I just kind of let my hand be there nice and relaxed and, and it felt good. And I felt like I was catching water and grabbing water. So people had tried to change that many, many times in my career. And um, I never changed it. If you actually look at some of the great swimmers now, I would say there's quite a few of them that have open hands and maybe not quite to the extent of mine, but there's a lot more open fingers now than um, back in the day when I was doing this. Yeah. And I, I, it's just, it's something that I love. And, um, you know, I think you can apply that to almost any sport where a feel is, is important. My husband's a big golfer and he's, he's trying to make, make it as a pro golfer. And so he's always breaking down videos and his, his technique. And, you know, I'm like, honey, just, just go for feel. So now I, I hope he'll listen to this and say, Hey, Jason Lezak, puts his hand in the water and just, you know, you're just, just, your fingers couldn't be spread any wider. And I just love that, that you, you went with feel. And I think that's a great message for people listening that sometimes you, you have to go with how things feel versus what you're being told. So, and I, I would extend that and say, you sound like a person who really trusts yourself and your instincts. Can you tell us how you may have used that quality in other aspects of your life? Well, I mean, trusting yourself is important, I think, in anything you're doing, you know, but I kind of learned you, no matter what you're doing, I, I tend to be a negative type of a person. So there's always negative thoughts in my head. And, I, and I've talked about that on that relay, but in other things I do in life, too. So I, I really have to talk over those thoughts with these positive things, with that belief in myself to be able to get through those. And I, you know, I learned that the sooner you can do that, the easier it is to get over what you're trying to get over. So you're intentional about when you have a negative thought of, 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 of turning that around in your mind. Yeah. And I had to learn that, you know, myself just based on my history and during practice or whatever it may be, or even at a competition, if you ask some of my old friends on the national team, the first time I had to go somewhere and I'm looking at, you know, a hundred flights of stairs, I had to climb up and I'm thinking, 
I can't believe I got to go up a hundred stairs and then go compete right after this, you know? So things like that, I had to learn to get over them because everyone's in the same position and just not put the worry on that and focus on something else. I love your authenticity on you're a ne- you, you say you're a negative person and you had I negative like thoughts. Too. I when you think of yourself as a negative person, how do you how do you turn that around like on a daily basis? Because I imagine that that's probably with you every day. Yeah, no, of course. I mean, it's constant. <laughs> it's a constant positive self talk, right? That's uh, basically what I have to do. You know, it got to the point where you start you you have to do something in, in practice. I say when it doesn't mean anything to be able to do it at the, the most critical time in your life. Like for example, on that relay, when I was able to talk over those negative thoughts, um, if I didn't have practice at it, like anything else, there was no way that's going to happen for the first time at the Olympics. So it, it's the same thing on a day-to-day basis. If it's just a little thing, um, you know, no big deal, but that's preparing me for when it's a big deal sometime else. Can, can, can you give us an example of that? Like a specific yeah. example? Well, like if an email comes in and I say, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have this, this, and this, um, and I say, well, and then I just spin it into a, into a different way and, you know, move on and keep going. So that's really encouraging. Yeah. That's yeah, really it, encouraging. It's really encouraging. <laughs> I mean, to hear, you know, to hear this from you. So, yeah, from a he, so super champion. When you dive in behind Elaine Burt, Bernard, I, I, am I saying that right? I, his name is hard to pronounce, but I think that's sure. it. I, I don't um, speak French, but it sounds good to me. Okay. Um, so you're diving in behind him. He's the world record holder in that particular event. Were you just in the zone and not thinking because you were a negative thinker? Or did you actually say the words in your head? Oh my gosh, I'm never going to catch this guy. I definitely had that thought that I wasn't going to catch him. But the very first thought I had was I left early and disqualified Team USA. Oh because- gosh, <laughs> My relay start was so good. And I I would say through the course of my career, if you 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 like statistics or whatnot, I probably have one of the best safe starts, safe but good starts. And and, um, I I think my average would be about 0.15 reaction. So at the national Olympic level, that's really good. Um, You're not pushing it, but you're also not too slow. And my reaction this time was a 0.03 seconds. So for me- that, you know, over a 10th of a second different than my normal, I felt like I left early and disqualified the team. So once, once that happened, I had to start focusing on my race and get those thoughts out of my head, which I was able to do real quick. And, um, you know, then I, I, of course I got to the wall and I flipped and when he had increased his lead on me, that was when the thought was, there's absolutely no way I'm going to catch this guy. He's the world record holder. Yeah. And then did you immediately replace it or just say, Oh, you know, wh- how do you replace a thought like that in the middle of a I race? Did, and you know what, to be honest with you, I was pretty lucky because I, I really felt good at that moment. And so I wasn't even lying to myself and, and I was just telling myself, it's okay. I feel really good. Just swim your own race because I couldn't control what he was doing. I can only control myself. And the, the way that I did feel in the water was pretty spectacular feeling after going to 21.5 for the first 50 it didn't feel like I already swam at the first 50 at 21.5. So I, I knew I was in a good place, but I just had to shift the focus to me. Oh yeah. I love it. And, and then just like, so when you saw that you had won, what, what was, what was the very first thought that went through your mind? I mean, there was a lot of joy um, being a part of two losing relays at the last uh, two Olympic games where we were supposed to win. And like I said, growing up, 
Team USA dominated this race we had never lost before my first Olympics. So it wasn't just about winning a gold medal. It was about what was behind that gold medal. And to climb out of the water and grab my teammates, that was pretty important to me because I knew that this wasn't a one-person race. And I, and I told these guys before the race, I was the team captain. I, I gathered them together and I told them this wasn't a four by 100 freestyle relay. This is a 400. Let's go out and swim it together. So we all knew that it wasn't one person going to win this race. We all four had to step up and go beyond what our, what people thought we were capable of on that day. And that's what we did. That's beautiful. So I have to ask you a woo woo question. Um, we know Phelps, you know, won his eight and between that four by 100 relay that you anchored and won, you know, at, at that point and his 100 butterfly, uh, you know, by one one hundredth of a second, there was some, I, I think something magical happened to, to quote, uh, to quote Rowdy Gaines. It's magical. It's it, Michael. It's magical. Do you believe in the power of intention of the fact that like all of the USA and anybody wanting Phelps to win eight kind of the intention of that, the energy of that might have helped him touch the butterfly first and you touch the relay first. I mean, I don't know about that. I, I just feel like everything had to line up for him and it did. Um, you know, there was, uh, you know, that race and then the medley relay when we finished that, that race as number eight, there was a, there was a lot of races where things could have gone wrong and they just didn't. So, um, you, you can feel how you want on it, but I think the stars all aligned for Michael and, uh, it took three efforts from his team and five individual ones. And he did something that probably will never happen again. It was spectacular to be a part of that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, so, yeah. So Kelly, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 you're so gaga. It's fun to listen to you. I know, Try to learn just, about I, like, I'm, every... <laughs> I'm totally geeked out on this. Yeah. Right, we got we to get off the relay okay, because so there's here we so, go. Many, so much more. So here's, Jason, yeah. what are you up to lately? Tell us how the pandemic's gone, the quarantine, you know, ISL, your family, whatever you, you know, just how are you? What's going on? Yeah, no, it's been tough, I think, for everybody out there. And, you know, as you say, with, uh, as I mentioned earlier, having negativity, I mean, it's probably more negative the last few months than it has been and having to try to focus on the positives when you can. Um, but as far as the quarantine goes, besides being the general manager of the Cali Condors, like you said, which I'll get back to in a second, I mean, I've been doing swim clinics across the country for the last, um, you know, 20 years, but really eight years full time since I retired. So that's been on a hold, which has been real tough because I, I really enjoy seeing the kids and being able to go out there and share my experiences and share my stories with them, get in the water, show, show some things that I've done, uh, share the gold medal with them. And that's, that's been something that I've been lacking, which is tough. And obviously I've been on zoom calls with plenty of teams, which has been great, but having that personal contact is also something that has been tough not to be able to do. So yeah, being at home more, being spend more time with the family, it's great. Um, the kids uh, are out of school now, so you know I still got to work during the day, but we 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 do make time to be able to do certain things that you know might not be able to do with me traveling as much as I've traveled in the past. I haven't been on an airplane in over three months now, which is a record for me. So that's uh, I guess that's the positive out of the pandemic. And with ISL, it's been great. You know, this year we've uh, 
develop, we're developing, I can't announce it yet, but a, a really good plan of what's going to happen to try to make these athletes as safe as possible to be able to go out there and compete and have a season and actually do something that they love. The Olympics was canceled. The world championships was canceled. So there's really nothing for them this year except the ISL. And I think all the athletes are really excited about it. My team that I put together, which will be announced very soon too, is really, really, really good. So last year we had a great team. We came in third place. And I really believe we have even a better team this year. So it's going to be uh, a lot of fun for me to be a part of this again. Um, this is a revolution of uh, swimming. And we're looking forward to giving these professional athletes a chance to actually make a living out of it and really call themselves professionals. You know, this is something that I wish I could have done when I was competing. I love the race. As I, I mentioned, I'm very competitive. And the more races I could get in, the better it was for me. So something like this would have been great. But now I get a give back to the younger generation and still be a part of that and build the Cali Condors the best I can and, uh, you know, help the league really be successful. Fantastic. So uh, since you're so competitive, you, you know, you want your team to be the best and come in first in, in the world championships next year, right? Of course. I mean, we have, uh, <laughs> you know, the other general managers in the U S actually friends of mine. So we have, we have a, a fun relationship and there's a little bit of trash talking going on there back and forth. So that's, <laughs> that's a lot of fun. And, um, you know, it's good. It's the same thing when I competed. I never, I was never the guy that hated my enemies. I had no problem being friends with somebody and then stepping up on the block and wanting to beat them really bad. So um, when the race was over, we could be friends again. So that's kind of, uh, you know, the same situation I'm in right now. Um, I, you know, want to be successful in this. I want to do well and um, things are looking good right now. That's great. So yeah. one of the questions we always ask is, you know, what did you, what have you learned from your career as a swimmer uh, and, and, you know, as, a, and, and everything you do that, that has helped you in the rest of your life and, and even further, you know, what specific things are you trying to teach your kids? Um, because that's, what's really important to you usually. Well, I mean, there's, there's so much involved in that. I can name a million things, but I think one of the things that, um, you know, I take away a lot from swimming is my ability to learn and if you look at my career, unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess, um, I didn't always achieve what I set out for. And there was plenty of times where I made, uh, as you want to call them, a failure or a setback, whatever you like to call it. But I always came back from that and thought, okay, what do I do better next time? How do I make things different? And it's the same thing of what I'm doing right now. I mean, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes, especially in a startup, something like this. Um, you know, this is, this is brand new and it's a learning curve. So make those mistakes, know you made the mistake, figure out how to do better next time and move on. Um, you know, there was a time when, you know, I, I looked at something and uh, it was a mistake. I didn't do well. And I thought about it for a year and I didn't get better. So you have to, you have to be able to figure out how to, how to put it in the past, move forward and do better next time. So, yeah, that's a great answer. And, and it ties in great to one of the questions we love to ask champions like you is, uh, what has been your biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your life? Well, I mean, if you're looking at, I mean, long-term, short-term, I mean, look at that race. <laughs> that was a pretty big obstacle. I was six tenths of a second behind the fastest person to ever swim that race in history. So to, to be able to beat him, um, on that race and come back for team USA, that was a, that was a pretty, pretty big obstacle, but I mean, I've had plenty of things as, if, as far as if you want to talk about injuries or, um, 
you know, as we setbacks, I'd say these, these setbacks are obstacles in 2004, you know, coming in 21st place in the hundred freestyle by making a tactical mistake and swimming it too easy in the preliminaries. I mean, that was a pretty big obstacle to come back at, at 32 when nobody believed in me to do that. So um, it kind of depends on what you're looking for, but you know, those are a few short answers. Yeah. I love it. I love it. What, is there a moment that you can look at and as one of the most discouraging moments of your life? The most, I mean, honestly, if you see the look on my face from that race in 2004, I had to try to dig up that footage, but it's in a documentary uh, with Bud Greenspan. You might be able to find it on the internet there. And you could just see the, the discouragement in my face and um, to see that board and, and see I didn't make the top 16. Yeah, that's got to be. And then four years later, there you are. So that's that's an encouragement. Maria and I were at the ISL finals in Las Vegas, which was a very exciting meet. And you are constantly around all these other champions being, you know, four-time Olympian anyway. Um, do you uh, have some theories on the commonalities that you see in champions, some traits that you find to be most common among the most successful champions? Well, I think a couple of them I already touched on. I, I would say um, all like extreme competitors, right? Um, you know, they, a lot of them are having a great time, having fun, joking around with their friends. But then when you, when you see them get ready to swim, you see this fierce competitiveness in them. So I think that's, that's a something. And, and as I mentioned before, having that belief, that was one of the things that really set me apart was I didn't care what anybody else said. Um, I was listening to myself and I was believing in myself. And I think a lot of these guys, you can see without being too cocky, you can see that sense of confidence and that belief that they have to be able to go out there and do what they're supposed to do. And, you know, I, I don't necessarily know, um, but there are some of them I talked to, so I can, I can answer the probably they have this like I did as well, but I think the desire to win is, is really pretty important there. You know, you, you could put eight people in a race. I always say, and every one of them have done the exact same thing to get to that point, And they're all standing on the blocks. And I think the person that wants it the most is the person that's going to win. And you see a lot of the true champions have that kind of desire. Is that something you can teach? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest with you, because I, I think it comes a little bit, ties in a little with the competitiveness, right? If, if you want to win that bad and you want to beat that person, um, you know, it's it, it could be natural, but I didn't have to teach it to myself, so I wouldn't know how to teach it to somebody else. We often kind of speculate that sometimes it's not just this will to win, but also the desire not to lose. Do you find that that's a, a common thread, too, among some? Well, with me, that wasn't the case. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that I've talked to too many people that have said that. Um, I, I I could see that point, yes. But for me, it was more about winning than not losing. Yeah, I, I agree with that one. I have to wonder, too, just based on your life that, you know, if just, you know, sticking with it. I mean, you have you have this incredible career and you just kept on coming back. Do you think there's anything there for you know, for champions? Well, I mean, obviously you look at somebody like a Michael Phelps and with all the success he's had, he still has had a couple times in his career where he didn't achieve certain things. Right. So no matter who you are, you are going to have to overcome or, you know, like a comeback from a setback. There's, it's just, 
you have to learn how to do that. And uh, for me, it happened a lot more than other people probably, but I think to be a champion, you have to learn from those mistakes. And from a, from a young age, I think before even video analysis became, uh, analysis became popular, I was already watching videos and trying to figure out what other people were doing and, and things that I can do differently to get faster and things like that. So always wanting to learn. And I think, uh, you know, there's people out there that have a ton of talent. There's people out there that work really hard, but you all have to put the whole thing together. It's, it's not just one or two components. And I think that learning process right there is pretty important. That's, that's wonderful. That's really great. We, we want to really be respectful of your time and you've given us so much today. Is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like our listeners to know? Wow. Um, let's see. I think, <laughs> you know, we, we touched on so much. I, I mean, I, I feel like we, we've covered a lot of it and I can say it again. And I think, you know, this is um, probably one of the most important things is that belief in yourself and not to focus on what other people believe. I didn't say this earlier, but I, I'll give you a little story. When I was just a young kid, I was actually one of the fastest in the country when I was 10 years old. And I went through a tough time where everybody was passing me up. I wasn't necessarily loving the sport as much anymore. And I was 14 years old and just one of the average swimmers. And one of the, one of the parents of a kid on the team said to me, hey, Jason, you used to be so fast. What happened to you? And, um, there was that point, there was a point. (laughs) And then when I thought, wow, nobody, nobody believes in me. Nobody thinks I can do this. And, you know, that maybe motivated me a little bit to, to get back in and and start doing what it takes. And I think, um, having motivation is important. Not necessarily you want to have somebody say something negative to you, but you have to believe in the process. You have to believe in everything along the way to get there. You know, I think, as I said, coaches are really important. Um, I was able to do it on my own, but uh, I did take all these things I learned from all my coaches. I didn't just make up something uh, to become successful. So I think, um, you know, student in the game, believing in yourself, having that desire, being competitive, those are the things that it takes to be a champion. I love it. That's great stuff. That's a great story. But yeah, now we have the sprinter round, which is just the fun questions, and uh, and then we'll let you go. But we've got to we've got to have the the ultimate sprinter here for the sprinter round. So, are you ready for some fun, Jason? I'm not in as good a shape as I used to be, so okay. um, <laughs> you I'm, gonna, I'm nervous. You made me a little slow on the uptake. I, I think I, uh, I love it. I think you're going to nail these. Cat or dog? Dog. Red or blue? Oh, that's a tough one. Blue. Milk chocolate or dark chocolate? Milk chocolate. Kickboard or no kickboard? No kickboard. Mountains or beach? Beach. Football or baseball? Football. iPhone or Android? iPhone. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Morning person or night owl? Neither. Neither. (laughs) Oh, you got to explain that one. I'm tired all the time. No, no. <laughs> I'm definitely, I'm definitely, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You can turn that around. You can, you can put some positive spin on that. Let's go. Let's hear it. I'm a, I'm a morning person. I go to bed early. <laughs> okay. I love it. I love it. Okay. Um, boxers or briefs or boxer briefs? Boxer briefs. Okay. Mm. There we go. So we, our Maria, you got a few for him. And these are short answers. Uh, what's your favorite color? 
Didn't we do that one? Oh, we did red. Uh, it's blue. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Favorite pizza topping. Wow. Um, so I like the classic pepperoni, I guess, um, if I have to just pick one. Okay. Is there a combo you like? Well, I'd, I'd go with the meat lovers if I didn't get oh, okay. so adding a bunch of toppings on there. <laughs> okay. Favorite vegetable? Do we have to eat vegetables? <laughs> Great <Gosh>. answer. <laughs> That's a perfect answer. <laughs> Favorite swim complex in the U.S.? That's a, that's a tricky question. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, Irvine because uh, it's where I grew up and it's a great pool and they host nationals now. So I think I'll stick with that one. Great. Uh, something that you might listen to in your pre-race playlist. I was never a huge uh, music guy going into my races. So I I basically just kind of looked at everyone else and uh, didn't really think about music. But if I, if I had to get pumped up, I... I liked a little Eminem back in the day to get me going when I okay. when I needed it. Okay. What's your shoe size? Thirteen. A siblings? Two sisters. Okay. A favorite Star Wars character? Ooh, um, we've been watching Star Wars as a family a lot lately. Um, sh- sh- should I tell you the real one or should I? I want to know the, the real one. We want no, authentic. I'm just joking. <laughs> it's Darth um, Vader. Let's, let's go with uh, Obi Wan. Okay. Oh, that's a, that's good, a good one. Yeah. Uh, can you cook? I can barbecue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. What word comes to mind most when you dive in the water? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's supposed to be a word that comes into your mind? I'm just thinking, you know, are you thinking go? Are you thinking, oh, are you, you know, I guess it could be a a, a guttural expression. <laughs> or or an, emo- an emotion. Emotion. Like it's... I, I, I can't, that's a stumper right there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love I it. I do too. That's, that's the most unique answer we've had on that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's a really, that's a really good it. one. Well, Jason, it has been just a pure, pure pleasure and joy for me today to get to talk and with you. Too. And me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, Thank I appreciate you so it, guys. Much. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Take care. Good, good luck to you, Jason. Yes, Thank all you. the best. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now, the takeaways. Okay, Maria, go ahead and make fun of me now. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> I thought, is she just going to talk about this one moment in his life the rest of the show? Because you're so into it. And I think we all are really interested in what was going on. And, and he's so patient because I wonder if he ever gets just sick of talking about that. Yeah, you know, I just, that- I, you know, I just had to go there. I'm sure there are thousands of people like me i was just trying to i was i was trying to put myself in listener's shoes of right what you know what this moment meant to him and what he was thinking and how it's affected his life in the future because it's really so historic that you just can't talk to him without uh without going there and and then so i don't think he's tired of it because uh when you know when i ask him the question uh, what is the biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your life? He said the the point six sec 
0.6 yeah. deficit behind, you know, Elaine yeah. Bernard, the French yeah. guy that he ran down. So yeah. 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 I think it's still very much part of his life and probably always will be. Yeah. A defining moment for sure. And a defining moment for the country. Sorry. I mean, you know, as you said, yeah. 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 Okay. For, for the country. And so yeah. um, I, uh, what, what was your first takeaway, Maria? Uh, I, I loved, you know, he was unique and I loved his, I'm doing it my way, <laughs> you know, basically. I mean, he, he was humble enough to know when he needed a coach and come back. But basically, it sounds to me like he's lived his life by his own rules, you know, you know, it, you know, in his, the way he wanted to live it. And he, he focused on, you know, what he was doing. He didn't worry about what other people were doing. He was trying to, you know, he stayed in his lane. He swam he continues to swim his own race and do things the way he believes are right. And I think that's just a great takeaway. We can all worry so much about, you know, what we should be doing, what other thing, people think, what other people are saying. And, um, you know, he, 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 he wasn't doing that. He was, he was focusing on his own, you know, what he needed to do. And he continues to do that. And he, you know, and he's, he's running his own race. Yes, I love that. And even, you know, even when he said he had a negative thought come up that he just decided, I'm just going to swim my own race. I'm not going to focus on what that guy next to me is doing. So loved it. Just very, very much uh, his own, his own man. And and a manly man, as we've decided, (laughs) which we're we're not sure we can say that, but uh, we said it offline. Probably not. (laughs) No, but he's just, he's just a strong man. I think that's, you know, he's strong. In his well, he's a, he's a car- carnivore, at least. And his confidence, you know, he likes the all-meat pizzas. He's just um, very, very strong in what he believes. So on that note of, you know, thinking a negative thought in his race during the time that he did this uh, huge feat is my first takeaway. I was so blown away by him saying that he is a negative person that he Mm -hmm. thinks negatively and it just it's just so encouraging for all of us out here that do have negative thoughts because you kind of think i i kind of think oh when i have a negative thought god i'm so weak and this is going to ruin me and i'm not you know i'm never going to accomplish anything if i'm thinking negatively and then to hear that he does have a lot of negative thoughts really just uh was inspirational for me and but immediately the the take home is he replaces those. So as much as people can poo poo positive thinking, and it, it's really important. You know, it is really important to replace negative thoughts with positive ones, even if they're, you know, something kind of light and fluffy. I, I think it's really important. What do you think of that, Maria? Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the basis of cognitive behavioral therapy that we have control over our thoughts. And, you know, we've talked about this, but I've once heard it described as that, you know, our mind is like a, a harbor and we're the harbor master. And yeah, you know, s- some negative thoughts can sail by, but we don't have to let them in. So, yeah. and I, you know, and just knowing that you can do that and you're not always going to be successful. Um, but if you can catch yourself in it and, and say, no, the glass is actually half full. <laughs> yes, so, yes. So, okay. That's, that's a, that I, I was also kind of blown away by that and the authenticity of it. I loved it. Uh, my second uh, take home is kind of related to the first, just his believing in himself, his confidence, his ability to coach himself. Oh my gosh. 
you know, to be able to have the discipline to, to write your own workouts, work out your, you know, do your own workouts and then make the Olympics and then, you know, have that incredible swim in the Olympics. Just really, it really amazes me and inspires me that, um, you know, that you can, that, that, that if he can do it, you know, I think all of us have the potential to be able to, to be that, that discipline. And, you know, of course he's very, very competitive, uh, and I loved how he said, you know, he just wanted to win. It wasn't about not losing, but he just wanted to win. And he thinks, you know, the people who want the want the win the most, you know, do do get it. So it's okay to want to win, and it's okay to to you know, <laughs> you know I think sometimes people uh, can can sort of I don't know be critical of that, but that's 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 okay, um, and it's it's going to make you a winner. Sometimes I'm afraid to say the things that I really want, you know. And that I, you know, because it sounds like I'm, I don't know, got a big head or something. And I, I love that he, you know, he, he wanted to win and, he, and he's straight shooter about it. Yes. Those were, those were excellent. So that was kind of a combo takeaway of yeah, being, yeah. being confident and being competitive, but those, those, yeah. I well, I'm being disciplined. It was really hand. three things. Yeah. Personal <laughs> discipline, so, confidence yeah. and competitiveness. Yeah. yeah. He had a lot, a lot there. Uh, yeah. My second and maybe I don't know, maybe my favorite takeaway is that he's really been, and we always say that, you know, this is the, this is kind of the 10,000 hour rule that you have to be, one has to be a student of their passion, of their craft, of their sport, of their, you know, their goal. You have to be a student. And he said he was looking at videos of himself way before looking at videos were, you know, a common thing among improving swimming. So he's yeah, and of himself and of and of others. He and was of studying, others, yes. He was studying videos before studying videos was something you did. Yeah. So he he's really been a student of the sport, and he said he's a lifelong learner. And so I think that for me is a great takeaway that you know whatever we're trying to do, we need to learn more about it. And and you know, you know, I'm I'm super passionate about podcasting, and I constantly try to learn about other podcasts. What are they doing? What's the cutting edge? What's new in, po- you know, so it's, it's important. And I feel that that's one of the tools of success and probably one of the reasons why our podcast has, you know, had such great success recently. So yes, it never hurts to become a student of what it is you're passionate about. You're certainly yes. going to be more likely to be successful. Yes. That's great takeaway. Thanks, well, Kelly. Very exciting, Maria. That is a, a big one in the books there for us. And I, I know you've got uh, got a run and so do I. And I just, again, thanks, Maria. You just make this a joy and I love you so much. I love you too, Kelly. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes from Jason Lezak. Believe in yourself. Don't focus on what other people believe. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cobra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.